Hello and welcome to the Lonely Transmission Podcast. Maybe it's welcome back for you. This is a podcast where I talk to my guests about their creative process and in this episode we talk to songsmith, wordsmith, Tom Bright. He's a fantastic singer-songwriter and I've known him for some years now and yeah, we've, we've written together, um, toured together and yeah, it was great to have him um, on the show just chatting about songwriting and, and getting into conversations that I hadn't really um, got into uh, just being a friend of his really. Um, you know, you don't always drill down into the the aspects of what you do. So that was really great. Um, I hope you really enjoy this episode. Um, I'll, I'll shut up now and, well, you're going to hear a bit more of me, but <laughs> we'll get into the podcast. I hope you enjoy this, guys. <laughs> well, I said we were going to have like a little catch up beforehand, but we might as well just like... This is a catch roll. up, mate, isn't it? We roll. <laughs> this, is, this is a catch up, yeah. We've got um, our coffees on. <laughs> I'm on the decaf now. How long have you not had caffeine for? I've not had caffeine. It's over two months now. And uh, when is it? I've got it in my diary. Um, on the 4th of March, it will be three months. Wow, man. So two weeks on Friday. How yeah. do you feel different? Um... Well, do you remember I told you I had these muscle twitches? Yeah. Yeah, so that was the main driver for it. But, I mean, take a step back from that. It was uh, analysing those muscle twitches. I was like, maybe it's anxiety. You know, it was brought on by um, releasing another album. So, you know what that's like. (laughs) But obviously during the pandemic and all the rest of it. So that was pretty. And I had it for a year. So I was like... I need to try and take back some kind of control. Um, so I decided to do that. And because um, I kind of pinpointed that it must be anxiety. And I was like, well, what triggers my anxiety or what makes me more anxious? And that's that's out of my control, if you know what I mean. Or, yeah, what's kind of, yeah, what's triggering it, I guess. And I thought, well, coffee is definitely one of those things that if I have too many... I'm a bit like, yeah, yeah you're you know. on edge, And it's you weird, isn't it? Because there's this little kind of, there's this little golden moment, isn't there, when you have a sort of super caffeinated coffee or whatever it is, where you're like, oh, yeah. I know you can't see my hands, but you know, you're on the laptop and you're like, oh, I'm getting it done. I'm getting I'm it done. I'm on it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but then an hour in, you're like, oh, yeah. I need another one. And then you the afternoon is an absolute yeah my limit is if i have three or over yeah i I get really twitchy and really not not well actually (laughs) yes well it's so that okay so here's the interesting thing Mm. uh i've done two months without caffeine is that including tea as well so yeah i'm not having tea i'm not having tea or coffee i I have had, I will own up to it on this podcast, that I have had dark chocolate, which I do know has got caffeine in, but it's not very, as... Very slight, right? It's not the same. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked at exactly the, you know, the, the level of content, caffeine I'm content. More mind-blowing. Like, I, need, 
I need some coffee. I mean, I need some. <laughs> I can't believe you've not had a Yorkshire brew. Oh, mate. you not had really a brew, hard. man? Like, what? That, no. I, w- I wouldn't be able to go without that. Not for a northerner like you. No, just a cup of tea, mate. <laughs> I know. What's the harm in it? That What's is the harm a in it? very difficult one. <laughs> wow. Fair play to you. Thanks. I mean, is I just really... Is you're going to stick with or...? Well, uh, the good news is, as soon as I stopped drinking caffeine, within two weeks, my muscle twitches reduced. You know, I was getting it in my eye constantly, basically. You know, and I was like, bloody hell, this, you know, this is really doing my head in. And then it started in my other eye. Then I had it all across my body. So I was like, this is really weird. And I went to the doctors, did all the tests and all that kind of stuff, and everything, everything came back fine. Um, so that's the good news. Um, and to answer your question like how do I feel and if I've changed I definitely feel way more level like throughout the day my energy levels basically Um, and that was really interesting because coming back to your thing about like three's my three's my limit if I have more than that then I feel unwell and I felt that with two but I was like isn't that kind of weird that we we ingest something that for the first two it's all right yeah, but the third one is like, well, no, wouldn't wouldn't go there. It's like, hang on a second, <laughs> is this stuff good for us? <laughs> I, know. I know, but then we I do know. that with a lot of things, don't we? And also, what I do as well, this is my first coffee of the day, but we do it on the on the stove, so it's always espresso, and I'm always making the hmm. the big one. Francesca's away at the minute, but I always make two people worth. And I count that as one. <laughs> so really, I've got that much espresso in my coffee cup right now. <laughs> that is strong. So actually, yeah, I mean, it's probably three coffees, actually. Yeah. Yeah, cause especially because so of espresso. Right. So if I say three of those, then. Yeah. That's like nine. <laughs> <laughs> so nine, so 12 is your, is your limit, really. That's that's not all right, is it? Well, it's good you're not buying it from your local barista in in London because that would cost you an arm and a leg. Damn right, mate. Damn right. <laughs> no, it's just the Lavazza way, mate. Just the uh, the Italian way. Bang well, I tell you what. Next time I see you, uh, um, what does it say in your mug? This is the day your life will surely change. The day. Oh well. Oh, is that the there? That's interesting. God, we synchronised sipping our coffees there. Yeah, um, right. This this decaf is amazing. It is, is that? You know, you, yeah, man. It's it's like you get obviously there's you don't get the kind of kick of the caffeine, and there's definitely a, a taste, slight difference, especially when you're. I mean, I was really into coffee, so. But this is definitely um, filling that void, and, and and it's more of the ritual of getting up in the morning and and brewing it, and and. Yeah, just having that moment myself with my coffee is what I really missed. But it's you know it's doing a good job. And you can get good decaf coffee, and that's and that, and essentially that's all you you kind of after, isn't it? Really, the the craft part of it, and the you know, yeah. If you you don't you not you don't need the caffeine. I think we tell ourselves maybe that we do need it. Yeah, but. We tell ourselves a lot of things. 
Well, I was speaking to a friend of mine um, and she's just had a baby and she right. hasn't had caffeine for maybe, I think it's like four or five years or something. Maybe it's not as long as that, but she was saying how interesting it was having a baby and going and running on so much lack of sleep, but not reaching for caffeine. And she found it interesting, you know, she remembers herself as it were, when she used to reach for that caffeine to kind of give her a pick me up and, and that kind of thing, but wasn't doing that during the period of having like three hours sleep with a baby and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> she was just amazed at where your energy actually comes from, you know, cause if you're not getting it for, cause it's a mental thing, isn't it really? Yeah. I mean, obviously so, yeah. it stimulates you, but the, the kind of the mental decision to choose something to give you a, a pick me up is also a comfort thinking, yeah. Oh, this will help me. Yeah. So when that's taken away, it's like, oh, okay, so where is my energy coming from and how, how, do, I, uh, how do I find more sort if of, I need yeah. it, you know? We've all got a reserve tank, haven't we, I guess? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you certainly do. I do, mate. <laughs> I do. It's, it's funny because that, that, uh, that quote or that mug, I mean, that could easily be a Tom Bright quote. Is that from a, 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 the, the song? It's from This Is The Day, isn't it? This is the day your life will surely change. Ah, uh, right. Well, I must hold my hands up and say I'm not, I'm not actually well-versed in the, the... I know, I know um, you, you're associated with them. It's a, it's a great tune, that one is. There is one song that I remember getting really into, which I've forgotten, which um, has an amazing drum pattern in it. Was it Giant that you got into? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one. That's right. Um, it's like a nine-minute track. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're an interesting band. They were wet, lyrically ahead of the time that they were. And, you know, Matt's a, a top guy. So, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> but that... That quote, bringing it back to Mr. Tom Bright here, because I feel like you are, you've got such a, um, I'm not here to just like, like, you know, sort of blow smoke up your ass here, but I'm going to just well, a little bit. We both because, know, you know that You're I'm a guest on that. the podcast. That's what I have to do. <laughs> I get an hour of sun blowing smoke on my ass. <laughs> That's what it's all about. I gotta make you feel comfortable, make you feel welcome. It's all it's all rubbish. But um uh yeah, no, I feel like you have an amazing energy to you. And um I'm always amazed at how much you are doing, get done, a lust for life. Um and yeah, what I, I guess my question to you is where where do you think that comes from? And and uh, and how do you get so much done? <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm going to wind it back to like just last year when we were doing the um, we were doing the pod together and kind of. Oh yeah, sorry. Yes, exploring things about ourselves like character traits and stuff and mm. and you know for for the first time in 
my life, I kind of sort of looked at things a little differently. The, you know, the bad things about my character, what I kind of told myself were bad. Um, And then I kind of tried to work on that, this kind of workaholic nature. And over the last few months, probably say actually, over the last kind of eight months, I've really made peace with just the fact that, you know, I am a bit of a workaholic, but it's not like a, it's not like a, it's not a bad thing. Like I, I don't, I don't do sitting around very well. I don't, yeah. I don't, I find peace in, in like getting things done and also kind of having a, not only giving myself like a, a fulfilled, meaningful day in life, but like, because I work a lot with people, whether it be communicating with, you know, I, work, I work with a lot of people. Um, and like with the nights that I put on and stuff, it's always like having a positive effect, impact on someone's life. And I think that that is, that's the, like the most rewarding thing Mm. possible but I'll wind it back even further to answer your question there are there are major factors in in the the way I see life and I I do maybe see life differently to most Um, you know a lot of us get caught up in and and I do as well I get we all have moments where we get caught up in the little things that in the grand scheme of things are absolutely meaningless. But for that day, it feels like the whole world revolves around that. But every, I see life as this big ball of opportunity, you know, and waking up, opening your eyes, smelling the fresh air, it's just like everything is a miracle. Everything. Not one thing, but everything around you is miraculous. Like, and if you can find the beauty in everything, you, you really are, you're onto a winner. You, you know my story. And we're, and we're, 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 I will talk about it. So, you know, yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't very well. I wasn't very well when I was a kid. Um, I was very, very ill, horrendously ill. I, I was born in Germany um, and my stomach wasn't attached to anything. You know this story, but people don't. And, um, mm. and after six months on a, a life support machine out there and with the doctors not really knowing what to do, um, the military flew me in a private jet below the clouds to Great Ormond Street Hospital, London, where Professor Spitz uh, took on my case. He was the professor that had just split the Siamese twins for the first time. And yeah, so it turned out I had something called tracheal esophageal fistula. So my esophagus is only this long. <clears throat> now, 
my stomach was attached to nothing. And it, that creates obvious, endless problems. Very long story short, and after a few, uh, you know, quick deaths here and there and 30 major operations, um, stomach is now situated here. And, uh, and yeah, I've just been incredibly lucky to make it out of that, even though, you know, growing up, I wasn't in particularly great health, you know, and, and that kind of went on till I was probably about 14, 15, you know, because I'd had my chest opened up five times, so severe chest damage. Um, and yeah, so, but I kind of, instead, instead of taking the, instead of taking the like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I'm just, because I'm, I'm going to talk about this as a, a rule of life I guess I could have easily taken the victim route like, and I could have easily I could easily not be working now on anything and blaming my illness or because I do have I have bad days physically you know I, if I have to get up and go for a walk to clear my chest because when I've laid down in bed you know I, I used to have to lie down on bricks because um, one of my lungs is so damaged that you know, they, they were almost going to chop half of it away because the bottom of the right lung is really in a terrible state. Um, mm. But, yeah, I just use it as pure fire in the belly, really. Mm. Fire in the belly, yeah. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> gets a bit hot. Stop burning the air. Um <laughs> But, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything. and But it's definitely given me this viewpoint and, yeah, this lust for, for existence. And um, we're, just, we're just all so lucky to be, to be getting this chance, you know. Mm. And whatever you... Whatever you do with that, well, that's great. But I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just a good thing in it, life. It is a good thing, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, I think, I think it's good to re- to remind ourselves of basically all of what you've just said, because the duality of it is that life is also it's like a struggle, isn't it? You know, it's like life is pain, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, life is pain, but it's also a miracle. So you know, if, and it's, exactly. it's always about the the yin and the yang, isn't it? So if yeah. you can keep those things in balance, it's like, or acceptance of that, then it's like, okay, well then, let's make the most of it. <laughs> it is, it is, and you know, we bad things happen always, you know, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, every day is good because no, that that's fantasy world. You're going to have bad days, but if you can kind of find that balance and go, you know, the, the best part of it is brilliant. So mm. just, just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, how, so how, 
How did that um, translate into your creative life? Because I know, so you've got you, your second album came out last year, Legacy. Yeah. First album, Self Service Checkout, came out 2019. 2020. Yeah, it was 2020, was it? Two pandemic Nothing. albums, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a pandemic to make me release music. <laughs> well, you'll be hitting the press with this one, and I'm sure it'll be at the Royal Albert Hall for you after this one. Let's see, mate. Let's see. That's where I'm heading. <laughs> where we're heading. Where we're heading, right. Yeah. Double header. Um, I, yeah, because I, I do know that, um, because we know each other for some time, we've done all sorts of things together, haven't we? We have, mate. Um, <laughs> where did that, yeah, how did that lust for life take you into becoming a songwriter? Okay, so I wasn't musical um, at all, really, growing up. I grew up in Derbyshire and I was quite a naughty boy, really, um, <laughs> at times. And then at the age of 18, an opportunity came up to take over the local pub. Me, my mum and my brother. My mum was a nurse and was been a nurse for 46 years. And she continued to um, do nursing and run the pub with me. And I, the idea was that I would kind of do a year to get it off the ground and go off to university and study English maybe trained to be a teacher. That was the, the idea. And uh, yeah, I just took to, I took to the pub industry like a duck to water, really. I, I was, I became obsessed by the job and looking after the beer. And the main thing was that just the communication with people, you know, uh, you, you really are, you become a, a doctor, a mate, a therapist, a shoulder mm -hmm. to cry on you. What you learn behind the bar when you're there 24 seven is, yeah, I mean, it, it's some education. And we were there for four, four and a half years, nearly five years, um, did a great job through some very difficult times. It was, we moved in in 2007 during the, which was a, 2007 kind of recession where really. it was tough mm. times um but we we did we made a, a really good business uh got it in the good beer guide and stuff but then i i remember i was 22 and i just felt like i just had this thing burning away in me like this is not the 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 be all and end all, you know, there's more to your life than this. And it was a Sunday, it was, the pub was absolutely packed. I looked over the beer garden, it was absolutely rammed. And me and my mum and um, her partner at the time, and my brother, I think, we were sat having lunch upstairs. And I just said, out of the blue, really, I just said, I think that we should, sell the business <clears throat> and to to most people when you're flying high you know like why 
we've like, we've put the hard yards in now. We're reaping the rewards, and and I just thought, no, now is the time. You go out, you go out on a high, you know, and you kind of, and we really did. And by by deciding there and then to do that, it was a very quick sale. It was done and dusted in two weeks. We had loads of interest. Um, a deal that I kind of negotiated myself really with someone. Um, and I started playing the guitar. I, I started playing the guitar. I became obsessed by it. Um, one thing led to another. My mum actually booked a one-way ticket to Sydney, Australia for me because I think she could see that I was going to just jump into another pub job or something and, and you know, and then that, at that kind of time, you, you know, I would have, that would have been my career choice, maybe. And, um, yeah, got to Australia. And I just kind of, I had a year out there on my own, writing songs, playing my first gigs, busking, meeting people from all over the world, formed a band out there. We did some shows and met some people that, you know, kind of changed the course of my life, really. And I came back a year later, I moved straight to London um, with my guitar and a backpack still packed. And and then the London adventure started, and you know that well, what that entails and um, <laughs> countless restaurant and cafe jobs and countless open mic nights and, you know, countless uh, financial struggles and <laughs> and mental health struggles and everything else that <laughs> comes with it. But, um, yeah, now in London for, for nine years and kind of really, I don't know, when you get to your kind of, when you, when you hit a few years of self-employment in the music, well, you've kind of learned the art of the, the hustle and the, yeah, you just, you just start to find your groove, don't you? And, you? and I feel like I'm, I'm in it now. I'm really, I'm kind of going into some, some important years. It is possible, isn't it? I think that's, you know, for any young singer songwriters out there or anybody that wants to be an artist, really, I think that it's, um, I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? Because you can go and, uh, you know, both of us didn't study at university to be musicians. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't go to university at all. You, did you? Me neither. No, 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 no. Um, but, yeah, I I've, I've know on pretty good um, uh, advice that, you know, you don't really get taught the hard graft. I mean, you get taught that it's hard, but you don't get taught that actually you might need to have three different streams of income or you might need to diversify or, you know, I think there's a, there's quite a, like a route one thing, which is like, you know, you're either a session player or you're an artist and it's going to be hard either way kind of thing. Um, but it is, it is possible, but you do have to kind of like see it slightly differently, I guess. Um, I think you've got, you've got like the business acumen in you as well. Like you've got to, if you're doing it the DIY route, and you're kind of, you know, you are your own boss and, and everything mm. else. 
you know, you, you've got to have your head screwed on and, you, and and it is a pain game and you know if, if people think that it's a couple of years of work and then you know it's all plain sailing then well no I mean can you imagine at the start of your music career if like you looked at a piece of paper and everything that you had to go through was written down for that <laughs> zero money that you were going to get you'd go no I'm alright man I'm going to go and be a lawyer uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean you wouldn't would you most wouldn't but then the, the but we live a great life doing what we do that it's it's brilliant but you wouldn't do anything else now and and uh, yeah, I feel very blessed to to do. Definitely, do. I, I think the thing you can't put a value on, and it's the thing that drives me personally. And and I think that you mentioned it earlier, which is that connection that you have to people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I know that you work though. you work in different ways as well, don't you? In terms of like management, promotion, and yeah. Um, and that kind of thing as well, which is a slight different connection, but it's still that same. It's still that same connection to people, isn't it? The thing that um, yeah, with, bonds with you the, in that way. Exactly with the acts that I, you know, I kind of manage. That is almost coming at it from a coaching perspective, and with the the nights that I put on, you know, all these guys that I, I see myself as the, you know, the early twenties going out, playing whatever night you could, and you're able to give them a bit of a bit of a pep talk and a bit of a like positive kind of encouragement. Mm. And we all know how important that is when you're, oh yeah, you know, because it's very easy at that stage to just throw the towel in. Yeah, and I think also... Take too many I mean, hours on at the cafe that you're working in or, you know, whatever, yes. you know. Oh man, when I was living in London, I was definitely... <clears throat> working way more and neglecting my art in that way you Me know too. um and it's yeah i'm so happy that i've kind of yeah slimmed down my outgoing so that i can actually spend a few more days a week you know just putting more uh time into my creativity because it just makes me feel you know way more happier and i get a lot more out of it yeah and you have to trust that you know you what is it? Um, money flows where focus goes. And <laughs> I mean, it, not that we get a lot of money out of what we do, but we get serious rewards on many other levels. Mm. And so you really do need to as much time as you possibly can on the creative. You need to shed off as much as, and I've been there and, you know, last year I, set up that radio station and yeah and that took that was draining to be honest um as good still, as it was are you still connected with that now or no 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 I, I left that um just before the new album came out and before the, the tour started in november i really kind of made a, a decision that going into cook that album coming out and the tour and then going into this year, the absolute main focus was anything related to, to me, Tom Bright, you know, writing and, mm -hmm. and making records. Because, you, yeah, you just get 
you just get pulled too many directions and yeah definitely you just get annoyed with yourself <laughs> yeah I mean I'm definitely someone that I need to focus if I need to get something done I need to focus on one thing really but you definitely seem somebody that is able to kind of manage a few things and then focus on the one thing that you need to get done. I can, and I'm, you know, I'm organised. Uh, um, you know, the diary helps. Um, the paper diary. Paper diary, absolutely. That, that's my everything. That is. Um, <laughs> but being really like regimented with with time and and waking up early. I'll, I'll get up at half six. I go for my walk in the morning. Silent walk. That's my kind of where I get my just have a chat with myself and you know figure out my day mm. and then yeah you just go right that is amount the amount of time I'm going to do on that blah, blah, blah. and then you just block out you know everything else everything out like the rest of your day or sometimes you switch it around and you you know like because you have a lot of energy in the morning I'll just go right I'm literally gonna do me till two then lunch and then do some other bits three o'clock onwards yeah you can get a lot you can get so much done in a day though you can actually yeah definitely it sometimes feels (laughs) the opposite (laughs) but uh, i know and and, yeah and you know we those days come you know and and also you just got to allow that as well you know just I i kind of i've started seeing other things as well like Taking time to just sit and read a book, that that is that is work as well because mm. you really need to like for what we do and really for what actually anyone reading, you're feeding your brain and you're mm. you're making your day better. And I'm I, I absolutely love just sitting down, reading, and. I, you almost immediately, after reading something that sticks with you, just like, okay, now I want to go and write a song now. Mm. Or well, yeah, now, that's interesting because that brings me on to your kind of your approach to songwriting. Because I feel like, um, apart from the wonderful melodies, catchy melodies that you write, the lyrics are like when I listen to a Tom Bright album, it's like someone slowly kind of like knitting a kind of like lyrical jumper around me and then I'm kind of in this world um and it's and it really is for me when I listen to your stuff it's the lyrics that are just like constantly kind of pulling me into this uh depth of narrative and story and I I wonder um yeah where that kind of lyrical desire love for lyrics came from with you the only thing I was ever good at in school was English literature. It was the, um, and drama. I was great at drama. <laughs> yeah, I can tell that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, it was ungradable or E. Um, <laughs> or football as well. I wasn't great, mate. I, I was all right, but <laughs> I could do 45 minutes, mate, and then my lung would be... We won't talk about Derby, don't worry. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe well, a miracle could be on the cards, Sam. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, words. I've always, I've always been fascinated by the power of words. You know, if you use words in a certain way, the impact you can really have, or you know, the story that you can create, or the the, the landscape you can create, and you can really like drop someone in somewhere they're so unfamiliar with and you know you look around and and you're you're living the world and when you're writing a song you can you can create a whole world in three minutes hmm. yeah and um and that and when when i started writing songs i kind of really i realized that i was like wow every song you write is like a book you know it really is like a little kind of world in itself and so like any song right you, you try and work on that craft more and more and more and I think the first album was very kind of quite um observational character based um and then second album was more I guess maybe a bit philosophical really um you know and, and looking at the world through my eyes the third album, which I'm, I'm, you know, writing and about to record, is about the wonderment of, yeah, life and, and the world. I think the album is going to be called "Remarkable Things." Um, nice. But again, yeah, getting back to the lyrics, I loved reading. English literature was the only thing I was good at. Um, I felt like I, I've always been good at like speaking and, and publicly kind of speaking and and that, yeah, it's just this unexplainable love of the power of words. And then when you find songwriting, it's like you you find your tongue and ability to tell your stories or tell any story mm. that you want to tell. Mm. But yeah, they're very, my songs are, you know, that everyone says that the lyric is the, the main thing. And, and, and that is my aim really. They're kind of all very poetic that, you know, you, I'm, I really work hard on the the lyrical thing, and if something is really not on point or doesn't totally fit, then I, I won't go with it, and I'll I'll work hard to make sure that it, everything flows perfectly and metaphorically, and yeah. And this new album, this third one, is going to be really, uh, yeah. And, even more of an extension on on the new album on the last album mm. are you recording that with ed hardcore again doing it with ed again yeah nice. um so that'll be three albums with ed um so yeah we, we've we've just got a good thing going on you know and, and when you find mm. that connection with a you know a producer it's um you know it, yeah you gotta go with it you know have you got um, any sort of ideas for the 
production of this into like the kind of remarkable things element you know yeah. does that come into play yeah absolutely um in fact every day i'm listening to um like after i get back from my walk, walk i'm listening to a record just to kind of coax up some production ideas and this morning i've been listening to richard hawley nice. ladies bridge and and you know that kind of really like orchestral romantic beautiful comfortable sound you know mm. kind of croony but I, i'm not <laughs> going to go croony on it but um it will go in a different direction i, I don't want to i mean album one was very stripped back album two was you know it was, it was pretty raw but there was a bit more production wise this third one is going to be more production heavy Okay, cool. There's less tracks and they're going to require a bit more padding out, really, in terms of yeah. just sonically and... Uh, Is that because they're longer, the, the tracks? All of the songs are three and a half minutes. <laughs> but there's only nine of them. Okay. So it's like a 29-minute yeah. album. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Mm. And so, um, so, yeah, so I'm just going to instead of like going wham bam there's a track wham bam four done in a day I think even though we are going to do it in three days yeah um, it is going to be a case of like allowing a bit more time to get it up we're going to get some trumpets going on we're going to get some some more stuff going Nick on, on it. yeah Nick, Nick is actually doing it yeah is he yeah what, Nick's on it lad. mate yeah send him my love I will, I will. So Nick's on and, um, and yeah, and Geach will be doing strings and I, I, I quite like taking it to, um, I've got an electric guitar now, so I'm going to get some electric going on there mm. and uh, yeah, bolster it up a bit. I'm excited for you, Tom. Was that... Um, <coughs> I'll send you some demos. I'd love to hear actually, mate. And I'll send I'll you a few, yeah. I'll oh, do please do, mate. Um, what is the was that a considered choice then the nine tracks or was that that you'd just given yourself a certain time in January to record to write the album you're like right that's it well well <laughs> kind of what I'm thinking of doing because there's, there's the nine and they were they were banged out in a matter of like three weeks mm. and then I did kind of like the idea of going right well that is it end of January job done nine nine track album I think what we might do is we might do an instrumental track that will be situated slap bang in the middle of the record. Nice. And it will kind of take you from side A to B. Yeah. So me and Ed will work on that. And also, um, I've got a guy, Ed Cozen's coming here next week. Ed from, he's in Reverend and the Makers. Oh, yeah. And he's a great solo artist himself. And we're doing a co-write. Uh, session next week and and you never know uh, we might write something that just slots on and it might end up being an 11 track album yeah you know so so the, the the door isn't closed but if it is a nine track record I'm I'm also happy I quite like that like I was thinking it is nine tracks too short but there's loads of great nine track albums yeah definitely and I think it's also if you feel like you've 
if you've said what you wanted to say it does uh, right now as it stands you know i always i almost write them in chronological order so i know where i want to start and i know where i want to go and i know where i want it to end mm. and right now it is bookended it really is like how, so, how did that happen then though do you mean did you did <coughs> what did, hmm. how did you know this was going to be how did you know you were going to write an album about wonder and remarkable things was that set out from the start or did a song come out that kind of gave you that lens if you will it to was a song it was a song that came out it was a song that i wrote and then it kind of created the whole theme you know and mm. i thought you know and it was around the time of when i started working on some ideas my nephew had been born and that kind of whole like you know bought another new life and you kind of want to teach them and, and guide them and, and go, yeah, you've got a great, here we go. Yeah. Fasten yourself in. Enjoy yeah. it. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I can't wait to get it done. I, you know, it's, it's awesome it, when you, when you're recording and, and uh, going at it with a, an open mind and a, a blank canvas. Hmm. Did that once you'd written that song? Then did it? Um, how did that inform the rest of the the songs? If you know what I mean, or did it, or was it like? How did you then go go after looking for those little those little nuggets, those little remarkable things? What was what was well, that the first one? That, yeah, the first one written was called "Remarkable Things," and then very quickly after, I wrote a song called "Be a Miracle." And so then it was like, well, this is, there's going to be a running theme here. Yeah, <laughs> nice. um, and, and yeah, and some of the songs will venture off into different territories, but there will be that kind of underlying kind of life journey mm. um, that runs throughout. And, and yeah. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens and it, maybe it'll come out if we get it down and we I'd like to get the first single out at the end of this year and then kind mm -hmm. of get the record out maybe early next year because um, you're st still self-releasing independent artist yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and you know what mate I, I don't really see a reason to change that I'll be honest mm. um, I think if there's something that you don't necessarily need nowadays, it is that kind of label support. Um, yeah. I think it's better to have a, a couple of personnel on your side that you trust in and, and believe in you. And, and then you can kind of pull up trees on your own, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, um, you certainly need certain people along the way to help you. <laughs> yeah. You do, and you need people that you can, yeah you can trust and and you know someone who's going to be straight with you and you know tell you as it is, mm. and a publisher helps obviously when it comes to if you know just a bit of the 
royalty collection side and yeah and you know i've self-managed for years now and it and mm. you know it's worked it's worked. Yeah. I, i'm never going to close the door on getting more people involved and stuff but um yeah if it ain't broken don't fix it really yeah definitely how was your um how was the tour your first headline uk tour it was awesome it was really wicked great i was there in bristol you were on the stage <laughs> i did come up on the stage yeah well, on the ropes <laughs> that we wrote together yeah man we did we need to do that as well we did say didn't we we need to get some sessions in mate it'd be great i really would love to bang out like an ep together let's do it let's do it because we've already got was it two or three other songs um butterfly alibi oh yeah oh yeah there's a few b-sides of mine that my patrons keep um nagging me to release and maybe we can make them into a well let's get the dates in let's do it let's get the brooks and bright we'll do a quick you know like three four days thrash it out yeah you know it doesn't have to be an album does it it could be like five six track that's what i was thinking yeah 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 do a few shows (laughs) great mate but yeah, God, how cool actually doing a because we could do like we could both do solo sets and then we could do Brooks and Bright set where it's like yeah. five, six songs. Well, I guess the nice thing is, is because we're both singer songwriters, we could also intertwine what we do together in yeah. a way, you know, playing, you know, you could play a Bright song, actually, yeah. a Brooks song, and then we could finish with the songs that we wrote together, um, you know, accompanying each That's other. That's a great idea. Hmm. Two seats on a stage, alternating. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a songwriter. The thing is, you know, now that we're saying this, this is going. This is going on a podcast. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a few there's a few people who I won't embarrass, but they know who they are. Who will be like, oh yeah, okay, you're doing that then. <laughs> Fans that we share. Damn right. Well, <laughs> good, let's good friends. We've got to do it now. Then we've got to do it now. <laughs> But yeah, it was a success, and it's 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 such a it's quite scary, isn't it, going out on your first headline tour? Because you're a bit like, uh, is anybody going to come? It was. I felt the pressure. I was stressing my brain out. I was really like, you know, because you toured at the same time, and and it was mm. it was not easy. You know, nah. people broke, and we were asking a lot of people. Um, not only financially were people crippled, but you know, people were still not fully comfortable with the COVID stuff and you know um, but saying I mean it the tour was brilliant you know most of the shows were sold out the Lexington um, close to sell out to all the others um, it was awesome and then just did Celtic Connections in Glasgow um, oh, yeah. two weeks ago which was brilliant as well I've never been to Glasgow and and that's the, the amazing thing you go to these cities that you've never been in your life and and people come and they buy tickets and you I don't think I'm ever gonna like stop feeling that kind of like mind blown <laughs> like like basically in Glasgow and it, and it really what well, I think it was like four or five people off a set out it was it was an, an amazing turnout and a, a great vibe Glasgow is a special place isn't it yeah, it is. Yeah, it's great. Wow, loved it. Um, and like, <clears throat> I was just about to go on the stage, and, and I, 
I went upstairs. It was at the Hogan Pine. Oh yeah. And I knew that a few people were there for the gig, but and I went up to them and I was like, I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna play in five minutes, just so you know. And they're like, Are you Tom Bright? <laughs> and they're like, Well, we've been listening to you for two years since we heard you on Six Music, and and then I went to another couple and said the same. They're like, Are you Tom Bright? No. And, and I was like, What? And someone, yeah, people had came because they'd heard me on Spotify playlist and people had heard me on Guy Garvey's show and stuff. And and then, you, yeah, it's just a moment. You're like, oh, I, maybe I don't need to go and tell people that I'm going on the stage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> go on, look, I'll, I'll even pay for you to come in. <laughs> Here's Give you a CD. CD. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tom, I'm I'm so happy for you, man, because you know Cheers, I don't know anybody that hasn't worked as hard as you have, <laughs> and you deserve it. You know, it's all awesome. It's the yard, but I tell you what, I was looking through the CD collection this morning, and I was taken back to uh, our first meet. Your first oh, album, wow. mate. Look at that. I haven't aged too badly, have I? No, no, you look great. Eleven years ago. Yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, what does it uh, say on the back? Yeah, yeah, it looks better now as well, to be honest. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you Says me. To my mum. <laughs> to Tom. Get your hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> to Tom, thanks for buying the album and good luck with the music. Some oh, No way. Yeah, man. Eight tracks on that album. Oh, there you go, mate. What are you worried about nine? You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> I didn't even realise that. <laughs> Eight tracks. I reckon wow. you've done eight, nine or ten and you just got you were like I'm knackered <laughs> no we did actually there were um, uh, there were three four other tracks I think that we wrote for that record that didn't make make that record um, but yeah I, I released Breathe Me In that was like a, my first ever single that I released in 2000 and 11 2011 yeah so 11 years man yeah it's 10 year anniversary last year that record so cool and mate kudos to you you've you know you you are i mean you've been a an inspiration for me you know and we've oh, become very you, you know close close mates and uh but also you know you're a you're a great songwriter you, you've got an amazing voice uh you're a a wonderful human and um you know you're you're a great like role model for people to you know you've carved a career out you know what i don't think people realize you kind of it starts with an idea and then you you build a career out of it yeah you know and, and even if you do get a little leg up here and there it's all down to yourself like yeah you know, for sure man. So you've nailed it mate and uh the world waits in anticipation for your your many albums of the future. Oh, I'm bless sure you! You've dude. got quite a few in that uh, locker room, mate. <laughs> I think I do. I Double think I figures, do. mate. <laughs> you know, you well, at your rate, I mean, you'll be you'll be overtaking me soon. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Third album, get it out. I'll slow. I'll slow you down by making a record with you. There you go. There we go. Let's do that. <laughs> and the good thing is, we can both count it as our records as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, listen, Tom, I don't want to take up, you know, too much of your time. It's a pleasure, mate. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You know, well, we should do this again, you know. Fos. Thank you so much for um, for giving, giving me your time. It's so great to chat. And I know we've known each other for a long time, but it's great to kind of... The interesting thing about doing these podcasts, I've you know, done them with people that I know really well, people that I don't know that well, but you just get to reconnect with how it is that you know that person and, and, and yeah, reconnect yeah, with them in that way. So it's been wonderful. Well, it's great, mate. And yeah, thanks for inviting me on and letting me uh, talk about myself for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Tom and I, chewing the fat. Um, if you want to check out Tom's music, in fact, do check out Tom's music. He's got a couple of amazing albums out um, all across the streaming platforms, but go to tombright.com um, and he's also got a small book of poems and short stories, which is also fantastic. So do go and support Tom. If you would like to support this podcast and all the other things that I do as an artist, um, then you can go over to my Patreon, which is Patreon forward slash Sam Brooks Music. And you can join the Patreon from £2 a month and you get a shiny little badge. Uh, There's a really lovely community growing on there. So please do check it out if you're interested. If not, don't worry. You listen to this for free and it's totally cool. Listen, look after yourselves. Until the next episode, take care.